welcome to the That's Good Sports podcast here on YouTube or iTunes. If you're if you haven't gone to iTunes and given us a rating yet, please do. We are so close to getting a hundred ratings, and that would get both Will Keys, the co-host of this podcast, and I rock hard. I'm Brandon Perna. I think that was an appropriate intro. This is the post-Sunday recap episode. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the football things that happened yesterday, what happened with the Broncos, and um, we're we're going to do something just a little bit different today, right, Will? That's right. Yeah, no, we're uh, introducing a new segment that I like to call Worst Take. Um, it's basically us doing our impression of ESPN First Take, which uh, is a very good show, and I watch it every day and learn well, a lot, too. It's where I get all my best football takes. Yeah. Well, I think I think what I I learned, you know, is that we're not being ridiculous enough. The most yeah. successful people, you've got Skip Bayless, you've got Colin Cowherd, you've got Stephen A. Smith. These people are at the top of the sports media empire. And if we can do something to be like them, it is be more ridiculous. And that is coming from the man who awards a big dick player award. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just not playing the right game. I am not I am not playing the right game. So you and I are going to debate like the pros. As seriously as they debate, I think, is how this works. Listen to me, Max Kellerman. Those names that you just listed off, Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith, Colin Cowherd, listen to me, Max Kellerman. Those are not only the most successful, but the most respected names in the industry. And it is my dream to emulate not only their, their success, but their respect and their esteem within the community. If I could have a billion dollars or a billion respects, I'm going to take respects, Will. You can't buy respects. No, you can't. They can't be bought. So that, 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 it's all NFL debate, too. We're not going full-blown sports today. We're going NFL debate. We'll talk a little NFL Sunday, and then we're going to get to the Broncos. Uh, we have no real plan, but we're, tr- we're going to knock this out of the park. Yeah, no, if this was like all sports and we were doing ESPN worst take, we would have to spend like 45 minutes discussing MJ versus LeBron. Like we'd have to find some storyline from the past week to to segue into just discussing who's the GOAT in the NBA. And it would go nowhere and no one would ever change their mind. And that's the beauty of that show. That's why they get so many viewers. They just talk about the same fucking thing every day. And people can't get enough of it, so... What do I mean? ESPN on on Monday Night Football yesterday did a uh, uh, basically like a tutorial about uh, goat, as in Tom Brady being the goat. They called him the goat during the broadcast, and they talked about how Chris Collinsworth talked about how goat used to mean a bad thing. Um, So it did. It also used to mean a goat, like a like an animal. Yeah, I also saw an article this this week that said uh, goat meat may be the most healthy meat you can eat and could could solve some hunger problems in this world, but people are scared of red goat meat. Time to time to cook up Tom Brady then is what I hear from that. Yep. If if I do anything before I die, it's I'm going to eat Tom Brady with Will Will Keys. Yep. No. Well. Well, that'll be a great episode. We'll have to live stream that one. Mm. 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 <laughs> if Tom because, Brady uh, were a fast food item, what would he be? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, that's a great question. I think Tom Brady would vomit all over himself just with the, from the thought of fast food. That's the irony, um, Will. Yeah, but I think he's uh, – I think he's probably – uh, the chicken McNuggets because he's he's just empty calories. <laughs> that's uh, that's great. Twenty piece, yeah. Twenty piece McNuggets. Twenty piece for each year he's been in the NFL and won't fucking retire. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Let's do the ready. Mm-hmm. All right. ESPN worst take um, presented by Bass Pro Shops. 
Not really. <laughs> just pretend. All right. I'm I'm Stephen A. Smith, but I'm also the host. Okay. So let me let me throw this one to you. I'll start you off. The uh, the Dolphins they beat the Bears yesterday. I got a question for you. Is there a quarterback controversy in Miami? What do you think, Brandon? Absolutely not, Will. Sure, sure, Brock Osweiler comes in. He plays well. He throws for over 300 yards against the Bears' vaunted defense. But let me tell you something. Ryan Tannehill, when he is healthy, when he is playing well, is a top five quarterback in this NFL. He is mobile. He is accurate. And him and Adam, Adam Gase are just starting to find their chemistry together. Plus, he's got one of the hottest wags in all of the game. Everybody knows that. Everybody respects that. And when you respect a man's wife, you respect him on the football field, and nobody is going to come after Ryan Tannehill the way they're going to go after Brock Osweiler on a regular basis. Now, Brandon, it is very hard to disagree with you on the wag issue. She is one of the elite wives and or girlfriends in the game, Lauren Tannehill. There's no denying that. There's no denying that. I'm going to repeat that for emphasis. There's no denying that. But listen to me, Brandon Perna. In overtime, in the final minutes of that game, Kenyon Drake, the Dolphins running back, was about to score what would have been the game-winning touchdown. And you know what he did at the goal line? He fumbled the football. He fumbled the football, and the Chicago Bears recovered. You know what that tells me, Brandon? That tells me that Kenyon Drake fumbled that ball on purpose so Brock Osweiler could lead one more game-winning drive than he already did and get even more glory than he would have had from winning that game with a touchdown right there. And you know what that tells me? He wants Ryan Tannehill out of the starting lineup. He wants Tannehill gone. He wants him out of the organization. Kenyon Drake wants Brock Osweiler as the starting quarterback. And the numbers back it up. Kenyon Drake last year had his best season production-wise. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. Let me finish. I'm going to let you finish. finish. All right, I'm done. (laughs) We'll see. There you go. There you go. With your with your own argument, you've already proven your you've proven why you're wrong. You have proven through your stupid argument why you are 100% incorrect. Kenyon Drake fumbles that ball because it was a bad handoff. It was a bad handoff. It's the easiest play in sports, and Brock Osweiler butchers a handoff to Kenyon Drake. Go back and look at the film. I've already looked at the film. I've seen the film so many times that it's burned inside of my brain, and I don't see a perfect handoff there. I think in that situation, if you have Ryan Tannehill, not only can you hand off the ball, but you can bootleg out with your more athletic, your faster quarterback, uh, an easier touchdown in that sort of situation. Plus, uh, Ryan Han- Tannehill wouldn't have, let, wouldn't have let that game go into overtime. All right, Brandon, you said a lot of things there. Not all of them I listened to, but I'm going to keep it straight with you. I'll be honest, I wasn't watching much of that game. Uh, I caught most of it uh, in the highlights afterwards and following what other people were saying about it on Twitter. All I know, I didn't see the handoff. I didn't see the handoff. I looked at the box score, and you know what the box score told me? Is that Brock Osweiler – played an immaculate game, and he won that game for the Miami Dolphins. They need to rename that stadium from Hard Brock Stadium, Hard Rock Stadium to Hard Brock Stadium. I jumped on my own joke. You stepped on your joke, rookie mistake, debate boy. Looks like I win that one. Also, full transparency, I just watched some of the highlights from that game as well. Well, uh, I don't think we were supposed to say that. Uh, My producer... Producers in my ear telling us um, that we need to uh, keep up the charade that we actually watch everything that we talk about. So Okay, so let's move on. I don't want to get fired. All right, I've got a new question for you. The Chiefs tied up the game late against the Patriots. A long touchdown pass from Patrick, the GOAT, Showtime, uh, throws with his left hand, Mahomes, to Tyreek Hill, the fastest man in the NFL. 
after he scored that touchdown, he went straight into the crowd. And you know what a New England Patriots fan did? He threw some beer in his face. He tossed some beer in Tyreek Hill's face. Where do you stand on this? Uh, Drew Rosenhaus, the agent of Tyreek Hill, and Tyreek Hill himself want to press charges against that fan. Gillette Stadium has already informed that fan that they will be disinvited from all future events at Gillette Stadium. Where do you come down on this issue, Brandon Perna? I am pro-fan, Will. I am pro your human right to throw a little liquid in a player's face when he does something like ties the game or takes a lead and then runs close to the area that you have paid a lot of money for those tickets. Those are front row tickets and they buy you the right. They buy you your American right to be a piece of shit, Will. No other ticket outside of well sure you can you can look to soccer uh, worldwide sports but really america the thing that makes it great is that every week you can go to a football stadium you can get blackout drunk you can get in a fight you can piss in the stadium you can do whatever you want that's why you pay to go to the game it's not to watch these stupid players with their overpriced salaries, it is to take out aggression that you have pinned pinned inside of you from a long work week, and you have the right to do whatever you want, assuming it's towards the the other team. An intriguing an intriguing argument, an if intriguing it, argument you've laid out. If it were a Chiefs fan in Gillette Stadium throwing a beer on a Patriot, then, then we can talk about prosecution. An intriguing argument yet again. However, an incorrect argument in my humble, humble, extremely humble opinion. Very humble of you to admit that. I think prosecution is letting this fan off easy. I think we have to consider bringing back capital punishment. Mm. I think we have to consider bringing back the chair. That's right. Not lethal injection, not the gas chamber, the electric chair, because it's what this Patriots fan deserves for disrespecting Tyreek Hill, disrespecting an upstanding citizen with a clean record like Tyreek Hill is an unconscionable action by this Patriots fan. He should have been removed from the game. He should have been removed from Foxborough, and he should be removed from the earth in my humble opinion. Wow. I will agree with you on one thing. It is hard to see a man who has such a impeccable, clean background like Tyreek Hill, like Tyreek Hill get disrespected like that. You know, it is, it's not like he ever did anything to deserve to be even remotely disliked by hardworking people in this country. Absolutely not. And let me tell you, Foxborough is a very blue-collar town, and those are hardworking people. But this fan was clearly, clearly in the wrong. And you know what adds insult to injury? This fan threw a Bud Light at Tyreek Hill. Now, Bud Light is the sponsor of this show, so I do not wish to slander Bud Light in any way, shape, or form. But I will tell you that that is a very disrespectful choice of beer to douse a man's face with if and only if it was a more expensive, tasteful, perhaps foreign, imported beer like Guinness or Blue Moon, then I would possibly consider commuting this fan's sentence from death to life without parole. (laughs) However, it was a Bud Light, which is a very cheap, affordable, and light, calorie-free option. Yeah, that beer didn't cost him more than $12 at that stadium. If you're going to douse a man with beer, I need it to be at least 18. The best thing about buying beers at Gillette Stadium is you get Gillette razors at the bottom of all of your beers anyway. So it, he could, but we didn't even mention that, Will. Could have cut Tyreek's Hill, Tyreek Hill's head right the fuck off. Another argument in my favor. Point to me. You bested me this time. Right up in this debate. Best two out of three. Third, 
And final topic of debate. The Cowboys beat the Jaguars yesterday, 40-7. to Are the Dallas Cowboys now Super Bowl favorites after demolishing the Jacksonville Jaguars? I'm going to start this off. And first of all, Brandon, I'm going to let you know that my Cowboys, that's right, these are my Cowboys that we're talking about. My Cowboys defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars by a score of 40-7. to We're talking about my Cowboys right now. Not talking about my Broncos. We're talking about my Cowboys. But let me tell you one thing about the quarterback position. The quarterback position is the most important position in, in sports. And Dak Prescott does not have the clutch gene. Beating the Jaguars by 33 points at home shows that he is afraid to get into a close game because he might make a mistake. He might throw a big interception instead of a big touchdown. And that just shows he doesn't have it. He's not the leader of this franchise. This is America's team, and these are my Cowboys. Your counter. Okay. Okay, fine. Let me explain reasons to you, Will, that you are wrong about the Cowboys. My Cowboys. Your Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders. It's strange that I am having to convince you of why your Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders. First of all, let me just let me just use some 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 insight to help you sway back over to the good side. Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Zach Martin. I, hold, let me stop you right there. I think you're just naming players on the Cowboys, and to be honest. Cole I like Beasley. This, I like this strategy a lot. And you're Sean, Sean Lee. Ezekiel Elliott. That's right. Tight end. I don't think Tony Romo calling the Super Bowl. You're absolutely right. Defensive coordinator. Again, I think you're just listing positions. Jerry Jones has two sons. Biggest, biggest screen to watch your team play in a stadium. Lawrence Fishburne. That's right. He was a terrific. He was terrific in Boys in the Hood. Terrific. Lawrence Williams, DeMarcus Ware, DeMarcus Lawrence. See how I got there, Will? Who's the best pass rusher in the NFL? It's Khalil Mack. It's Khalil Mack, Brandon. It's Khalil Mack. He's the GOAT. And you know who else is the GOAT? LeBron James. Well, I think Michael Jordan might have something to say about that when he invites Jerry Jones over to watch the Cowboys win the Super Bowl. Thank you for getting us out of that wormhole that would have cost us the next 45 minutes of this program. We'll call this debate a wash. Let me make one final point. The only losers here are the audience. Let, Let me make one final point. The Dallas Cowboys do not have a number one wide receiver, and you need a number wide one, number one wide receiver to win in this league. Just look at the Giants with Odell Beckham Jr. Look at the Falcons with Julio Jones. Look at the Cardinals with Larry Fitzgerald. They have number one wide receivers, and that's why they are NFC contenders. Are I rest my case. Are you done? Who do the Cowboys have? Des Bryant. Does he play for any other team? Hmm? Does Des Bryant play for any other team? I think you might have me there. Has Des Bryant ever played for any other team? Is Des Bryant just resting right now for the playoffs? Hmm. Get, well, let me tell you this. They're not going to be in the playoffs if they don't have a number one wide receiver like the teams I just listed. Dallas Cowboys, head coach. I think that was a, I think that was a wash as well. 
So this debate was neither won nor lost. It just wasted a lot of your time. And I hope we have shed a light on sports debating. All right. Well, I'm safe to say that uh, that was probably the most successful uh, and also informative. Yeah. I feel thing. like I learned a lot along the way there. About yeah, no, I agree. Uh, There's a lot of respect, I think, on both sides of the debate table. Um, uh, a lot of respect from you for, for my Cowboys. Um, and a lot of uh, respect from me to you. I'm not sure what for, but definitely a lot of respect. Yeah. I do I respect you as a debate partner. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, without respect, you, what, what do you have? The, this debate show is built on a foundation, no. the foundation of respect. Um, All right. So let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Uh, I've got a question for you. Okay. So uh, we had a couple of big losses yesterday. And you know the best thing to do after a crushing defeat? Cocaine? Uh, yeah. Well, Dallas Cowboys still awesome. winning that debate. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think they did cocaine after wins and losses, so it's kind of irrelevant. Uh, but I was going to say the best thing you can do after a crushing defeat is to deflect. And Bruce Irvin and Nathan Peterman both did uh, an elite job of deflecting after losses yesterday. And I want to share their quotes with you guys. So this is from Bruce Irvin after the Raiders lost in London uh, to his former team. Yeah, 27-3 to his former team, the Seattle Seahawks. They traveled all the way across the globe. Um, I like to point out, too, that uh, John Gruden called it a cross-country trip um, when, in fact, it was uh, – I mean, he's not wrong. It did, they did cross the country, but they also crossed the Atlantic. So If he would have just pluralized it, yeah, cross countries – yeah, technically, technically not incorrect, but uh, maybe a better way of saying that. But here's what Bruce Irvin said uh, after lost. Uh, we lost. They didn't. But I've got a beautiful wife I get to go home to. Boy, I'm going to try to make some babies, man. That's what he said uh, to reporters after losing a football game, 27-3. to uh, That was pretty good, but uh, Nathan Peterman, I think, had him uh, – Maybe uh, maybe a step up on him. Uh, Peterman said after throwing uh, two interceptions in, uh, in about seven minutes to lose the game for the Bills, I thought there are just so many lessons out there for me to learn and get better from, Peterman said. I love this game. I put everything I have into this game. I prepare as hard as I can every week. But at the end of the day, I know where my true identity lies in Christ. I'm thankful to be here and just trying to get better every day. So, um, well, he's not a very good quarterback, but it doesn't matter because his true identity lies in Jesus Christ. That that uh, actually he, that actually makes sense, Will, because Nathan Peterman is about as good at football as Jesus Christ was. I, do you think Jesus was a, a better carpenter than Peterman was a quarterback? or is a quarterback? I think Jesus Christ could throw a hammer more accurately than Nathan Peterman could throw a football. Mm. Well, Jesus did. Jesus definitely did intercept some nails from the Romans. Oh. Got, some, got some great oh. hands. Too soon, Will. Too <laughs> soon. It's, it's literally only been 2018 years. So. You got you to gotta hit the 2020 mark. Everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah. It's like AIDS. It wasn't funny for exactly 32 years. And then it was hilarious. <laughs> I don't think it ever became hilarious. <laughs> it's just that I'm just talking about that South Park uh, episode, which is um, uh, kind of ruined by uh, Jared from Subway. Oh, uh, is he in that episode? Yeah. No, the show's called Jared Has AIDS. Uh, so he doesn't have like AIDS, AIDS, but he has like workout AIDS that help him lose weight. Interesting. But, like when he says AIDS, people assume that he lost his weight uh, from AIDS, the disease. Got it. Yeah. Very so, smart by South Park. Yeah, just just thought I'd uh, break down that episode for you. But yeah, who uh, who had the better deflection here, Bruce Irvin or Nathan Peterman? Bruce, Bruce Irvin, I think, because you hear you hear. 
I don't know. You hear players reference God quite a bit. I feel like it's a little overplayed. Usually, you know, I'll give Peterman credit. Usually the, the players credit God when they win and yeah. they don't, they don't mention that they don't mention it at all when they lose. No. So, you know, Peterman taking a, a slightly different approach there, which I respect. Uh, but I respect it too. Bruce Irvin, <laughs> Bruce Irvin basically said, I don't care if I lose. I'm going to just go home and fuck my wife. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, a bold, it's a bold statement to make. Yeah. Uh, like if his wife heard that he press conference, I'm pretty sure he didn't get laid. Like you can't just say you're going to come home and get up on this without showing me a, a little, uh, romance. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, first of all, excellent move to distract from playing really shitty against your former team to just like let people know that you are a confirmed sex haver uh, and you do in fact have sex with your wife. Um, But beyond that, like maybe his thought process was since the game was in London, uh, maybe like he was talking to some reporters from like the daily mail or, or the BBC and whatever he said didn't matter. So he could just say whatever because news can't literally travel across the ocean. Um, yeah, there's no such thing as the internet for his quote to travel uh, from Wembley Stadium back to Oakland, where the Raiders play. Plus, so, he was in a foreign country, it. so even if it did travel, it's not like anybody <clears throat> could understand the language. Yeah, it's true. Also, I think he has diplomatic immunity to talk about sex on the airwaves. So, interesting, interesting yeah. approach there. Um, How do you think uh, you would deflect from a big loss? I would blame all of my teammates. <laughs> I'd be Basically, like, you already do. You just blame everything on me. Did you see the kicker? <laughs> yeah. Did you see my line today? Did you see Derek Carr? He cried on the field. Did you Did you see my crybaby quarterback? Did he cry on the field? I think so. I didn't. Again, I didn't watch that game. But do you know what happened? Like, do you know if Amari Cooper's okay? <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh... <laughs> that was a brutal hit he took in that game. I saw something that said the Raiders are trying to trade him now for a first-round pick. Which, Smart move, Gruden. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I don't think that's going to work. Yeah, you usually when a player looks like he uh, literally was knocked out from a concussion, you can't yeah. trade him that week. You've got to wait at least two weeks. You need a grace period of at least 10 days before you can try to up upheave his entire life gruden was making calls for the trade while he was still yeah. laying lifeless on the field yeah i didn't even know if he was alive or or not so hey chicago would you give me a khalil mag back for amari cooper <laughs> tell you what man this guy's not a locker room problem he won't even talk anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah also probably good to wait until he's actually like playing good football uh to trade him yeah that might help his trade stock yeah i'm not like a i'm not like a finance wizard or anything but typically like you want to sell high but no i don't know who am i to question buy uh, high sell low buy high sell low who are we to second guess john gruden the master of personnel just a couple idiots doing a podcast will that's right Uh, okay Uh, let's talk about the broncos Okay, Denver Broncos get beat sure by did. the Los They get beat Angeles. by Goff. They got beat Goff by yeah. Goff on Goff's birthday. Jared Goff turned 24 Sunday. Turned 18 years old. And the, <laughs> the Rams win 23-20. to 20. I've seen a lot of different uh, takes here, Will. Some people say it was a close game. Got to be proud. The Broncos went down to the wire with a very good team. Other people say the scoreboard is not indicative of how that game was actually played. Uh, What do you say? Yeah, I think I'm closer to the latter, meaning that the score was not as indicative uh, of how they played. I'm glad you clarified because whenever whenever somebody says uh, the latter, I don't know what the fuck that means. Yeah, like – Ladder, fucking, what are you talking about? Uh, which one? Just tell me which yeah. side you think is good. Because if I, you're assuming, you're assuming I'm understanding ha- what you're thinking when you say the ladder. Yeah. Also, when people say the ladder, I just think of an, an actual ladder. Yeah. Like a step ladder. 
I'm like, ah, oh, you're gonna hang yeah. some, you gotta hang hang some photo, some pictures, yeah. some pictures in your house. Yeah, but sometimes, high. sometimes your your takes are just so lofty that you need a you need a step ladder to to even get up there to make them. To understand yeah. them. Uh, they basically just got uh, killed on the ground for the second week in a row. Uh, Todd Gurley ran for 208 yards, which was a career high for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's and, saying a lot for Todd Gurley. Yeah, and on the other side of the ball, um, they basically gave up on the on the run game pretty much immediately. Uh, so the when you've got this uh, or that big of a gap between um, your running game and the opponent's running game, uh, it's a pretty good sign that you weren't as competitive as the score uh, might make it look. And it's true because they were down 17. Um, and they eventually brought it to within three, but, you know, that was in the last few minutes of the game. Yeah, I mean, a lot of uh, Keenum's success through the air has come uh, against prevent defenses the last two weeks. Uh, the Broncos, the first team to give up uh, back-to-back 200-yard rushers in NFL history. That's right. Which the Broncos have a really, really uh, great history of, of giving up rushing records. But Damian yeah. Tomlinson broke the uh, touchdown record against the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, Corey Dillon at the time set the rushing record for most yards in a game. It was like 276 or something, 67, 78, somewhere in that range, which since has been broken by two people, uh, I think Jamal Lewis and then Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Um, so, and then, I mean, coming off of last week, you would have thought that the one thing the Broncos defense was going to do was not let the opposing team rush against them the way they did. And now the week before, you could say, okay, Blyle Powell, Isaiah Crowell, didn't really see that coming, okay? We thought lock down the pass, will be fine. But it's the Rams, and they have Todd Gurley. There's no way you're not putting a strong emphasis on – stopping the run. And I mean, he had success running in the middle of that defense, but again, I think you saw the problem is when the receivers get outside the Broncos, uh, whoever's out there, whether it's a corner, a safety, or I don't know, a linebacker getting over there, they're not tackling. Um, and big plays are, are happening and they're just coming in giant chunks. It's like, that's how the defense to me, when I look at it, it's like, Pretty good, pretty good, and then it just gives up one giant play. Pretty good, pretty good, just gives up one giant play. And then before you know it, the defense, the, the opposing offense has 500 yards and you lost. Yeah, I mean, they actually did a pretty good job against Jared Goff. Yeah, uh, it was his worst. Play, like that 44-yarder to Brandon Cooks. Uh, they picked him off as well, but – I don't know, like when you're when you're running the ball basically at will and you're getting like at least five yards of carry every time you hand the ball off, you don't really need to throw the ball that much. Um, and they probably could have scored more than 23 points if they wanted to. It's just that, you know, when you're running the ball and you can shorten the game, that you might as well do it um, rather than risk turnover uh, by dropping back and throwing the ball against a secondary that's having a pretty decent game, I thought. Yeah, and I think – you could also credit the secondary with some of those coverage sacks. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Broncos had five sacks on the day. Bradley Chubb had three of them. And I would say the majority of those were because nobody was open and Goff was having to hold on to the football. So kind of put himself in, in bad situations, maybe by just not like throwing it away or, or getting rid of it. So I would say the the secondary played better. Uh, looks like Ron Leary tore his Achilles, so yeah. that's not good. Um, yeah, no, second year in a row that uh, they're putting him on IR. Obviously, earlier this year. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's really a bummer. He was playing about as well as anybody uh, on the offensive line. He's a big reason that the run game has had the success that it's had early on. Which is like – like when you look back, the you know, the Broncos – they brought in Minelik Watson and Ron Leary. Everybody applauded the Ron Leary signing, but the concern was injury, and yep. he was not cheap. And at that time, you had Andrew Whitworth on the market as well, 
left tackle, bigger area of need for the Broncos then, just as it is now. And they go after a guard who has had uh, injury problems instead of the older tackle who has been healthy his entire career and is currently playing at the highest level in the sport. So the Leary thing is just like a a magnification of the wrong personnel decisions, I feel like, over the last couple years. I don't know. I I can't really blame them for signing Ronald Leary just because, I don't know, you need a mauler inside. And honestly, like, if you're going to you could just sign both of them. Like, with what you pay, ended up paying Minelik Watson. Yeah. Should have yeah. went after two studs. Uh, yeah. And then even if you draft Garrett Bowles or, you know, obviously if you redid it, you'd draft Ryan Ramchak instead of Garrett Bowles. But I don't know. You get Whitworth at left tackle. You get Leary at left guard. Um, obviously, you have Paradis in the middle. You're, you're a season away from McGovern kind of showing up and, and proving that he's a good player. But then, you have the young guy on the right tackle. Uh, and then when Whitworth hangs it up, you move the right the right tackle over to left and you find someone else to play right. But my solution uh, to fixing the offensive line is they clearly just need to bench Connor McGovern again and uh, possibly just play without a right guard. Yeah, we'll that – I don't understand any – I just don't get it, man. That's where I'm at no, with the Broncos. So- like, I don't get it. I don't understand why you would bench yeah. one of the one of the few guys who's been consistently pretty good through the season. Yeah, like Connor I know he McGovern. got he got blown up by Leonard Williams, but that happens. And Leonard Williams is really good. Yeah, he blew up the the Colts yesterday. Like, I, yeah, um, top three pick. It's He's good uh, football. yeah, and maybe if you I don't know you want to get Max Garcia some reps. You can have him rotate. Like, they've rotated with him before. Um, I don't know. It just didn't seem like a necessary adjustment to be made. Nope. Uh, like, maybe throw in Max Garcia in the tight end position and load up for blocking for for run. Like, if Max Garcia's strength is run blocking, which they've said, it's – McGovern strength, it's Garrett Bowles strength. It's like their whole thing is run blocking. Yeah. And then they except don't, they don't fucking run the football. They don't run the ball. And honestly, like the Philip Lindsay Lindsay had some some decent runs, but the run game didn't look good against Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue and Michael Brockers anyway. In this game, I get why they You still kinda you still have to run you still have to run the football though. Yeah, it's just there's I don't know. It's just like a, I don't know how to fix it. Uh, obviously I'm just an idiot talking about it. I never really knew, but at least I could pretend like I knew before. No, I I know. I know what I'm talking about. I don't fucking know. Like, do I even care that Emmanuel (laughs) Sanders got a taunting penalty? No, I don't. I think that rule's stupid. Do I think he should have known maybe not to do it? No, I don't care anymore. Point in his face. Next time, (laughs) grab him by the face mask and throw him to the ground. At least make it worth it. You got to know, like, what he said, though. Like, that's what I'm wondering. If he, if he like, wagged his finger in his face and said, like, nah, 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 then probably shouldn't get 15 yards. Uh, but if he, like, nah, 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 I have best to do this oh, time. no, no, no. You will not nah, nah him. <laughs> you will not nah, nah him, Emmanuel. Yeah. But if he, like, pulled a Kevin Garnett and went up to his face and said, like, your wife tastes like Honey Nut Cheerios, then I can understand 15 yards for that. I don't know. I think you should be able to say whatever you want on a football field. <laughs> Pretty drastic. As uh, long as it's not, um, as long as it's not racist, I think. I think you should be able to say whatever you want. Interesting take. Um, yeah, you should be able to get in a guy's face and, and just like scream uh, <laughs> right into his ears, uh, like and subscribe to That's Good Sports on YouTube. <laughs> Y'all, bro, smash that like button. Rate the podcast five stars on iTunes. It really helps. It does. But if you don't say it, nobody does it, Will. Yeah, and hopefully, like, if you're going to do that, like, you can get close to the microphone uh, on the referee and turn it on and then say it so, like, everybody on TV hears it too. Maybe it would be better, like, if we could hear 
the trash talk and they had an instant uh, poll vote that goes oh. to the refs. And as yeah. long as it was, uh, as long as it's something that's like clever or funny yeah. or weird, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> if Emmanuel Sanders said like, I'm going to pet your dog so hard tonight. Like, okay, gets it. Cause that doesn't make any sense. Kind of weird. Maybe there's some innuendo there. Yeah, Don't know, <laughs> but it's not, it's not traditional. No flag. Interesting. If he just yeah, says, no, I, 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 I had sex with your girlfriend or whatever, then throw the flag because it's not creative. Yeah. Well, unless he did actually have sex with uh, that player's girlfriend, because um, I think transparency is, uh, uh, is key. In yeah. They're just, it needs it's like not- the element of basketball in there. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. What a great movie that was. One of my favorites. Yeah, um, anyway, so <laughs> we should probably talk about the elephant in the room. And uh, that elephant's name is Chad Kelly. Ooh, so yeah, and maybe, maybe one of uh, the best kneel downs I've ever seen. I haven't been watching football for as yeah. long as you, but that's one of the best uh, knees that I've seen in my football watching career. What about you? Top 10 QB performances in Broncos history. I won't say – I'm not going to say NFL history, Will, but I'll say Broncos history. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Uh, he came in. Uh, the crowd was on their feet, a standing ovation for Chad Kelly. Uh, he delivered, too. He, he, he took that snap uh, like a pro, went down to a knee. I, I thought he might fake that knee and get around the corner and try to get a score before half. Uh, but I think the old Marino, huh? Yeah. Yeah, he showed a little restraint, and that's exactly what they needed to spark the comeback. And you know what? It almost happened. Yeah, it, you know what's funny is like, okay, I really wanted him to be in the game for the second half. But I, <laughs> I had a feeling that he wasn't going to be for two reasons. Yeah. One, he didn't seem to know what the play call was when he was on the field. <laughs> He was like checking his ear and like looking towards the sideline, like, dude, you know, it's a kneel. Just kneel the ball, Chad. That's the play call. Yeah, but what's the personnel? The the second reason is if you were going to switch from Kelly to Keenum, you would not you would not let the other team know one play before halftime. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't give them, you know, their 12 minutes to be like, oh shit, okay, we might be going against Chad Kelly. These might be some of the defensive adjustments we're going to make. Uh, They're probably going to run the ball more. You know what I mean? That's like not a strategic move at all. So I was not surprised at all to find out like Keenum was being evaluated for a concussion. But in the moment when I saw him go out there, I got caught up in the hype. I was very excited. Uh, And I was like, that that does strike me as something that that does strike me as something that coaching staff would do. This is just like, you know what, uh, hey, Kelly, you're going in the second half, but uh, just to get the feel of the game, uh, head out on there, head out onto the field and, and go take a knee just so you can get the butterflies out. Take one snap. Yeah, Boom. take one snap, take a knee. Get in, game, was, uh, get in yeah. game shape, Chad. <laughs> yeah, get your, get your uh, sea legs under you. I was once again watching the game in a bar with no sound, uh, so I was very confused again. Uh, but I saw Case Keenum on the sideline, and I realized that Chad Kelly was coming in, but when I saw Case Keenum without his helmet, that's, like, generally the sign that someone's being evaluated for a concussion is they don't give them their helmet back until they're mm. cleared. Mm. So Can't get I back on the field if you don't got a helmet. It's true. Thurman Thomas knows all about it. Uh, <laughs> but I had a feeling there that he just got – concussed or possibly concussed and they're checking him uh or anything sorry i was just telling my wife what i was doing that's do you do that for like other things too like i'm taking a shit (laughs) kind of yeah we're very open breathing um sorry did you see thurman thomas's tweets about nathan peterman no i know he said something i didn't see the tweets what did he say so when Nathan Peterman went into the game, Thurman Thomas tweeted, uh, just followed, just unfollowed like 20 people talking about Peterman. And then 
a little bit later, yeah. it was you gotta follow, unfollow more than 20 people. If that's the case, uh, like a little bit later, it was just like a, a bleeped word and dot, uh-huh. dot, dot. And then just a little bit later, he, he said, following some of those people back now. <laughs> <laughs> so he tried to, you know, boot, like bolster up his guy and then he just fucking yeah. burned him. Uh, it's going to be in the, the recap episode of all the games that I'm still not done with here Monday. Uh, but I thought it was really funny. And Thurman Thomas, I always really liked for some reason when I was a kid. Thurman Thomas, that's uh, the kiss of death it, from now on. It's just uh, Thurman Thomas tweeting in your favor. Yeah. Uh, you know you're just going to fuck up after that. Yeah, Peterman, you're man. screwed. Yeah, so he's he's that, played less than a game of football this season and has managed to throw four interceptions. Oh yeah, no, I, I read a stat that said uh, he's attempted seventy nine passes in his career, which has now spanned two years, not not even two years. Uh, and out of those seventy nine throws, nine of them have been intercepted. That's pretty which impressive. Is, That's elite level. Pretty goddamn impressive. Uh, I might have to get a Nathan Peterman jersey. Yeah, and Julio Jones over 700 receiving yards now, right? No, right. no not team. a single touchdown. I've, I'm hoping he breaks the record. I am yeah. really open. I hope he gets over 1,000. I have to uh, assume someone on the 2014 Kansas City Chiefs owns that record. It's uh, – no, well, uh, Dwayne, <laughs> looking for Dwayne Bow. Dwayne Bow, anybody? Somewhere over the Dwayne Bow. It is uh, Al Toon has the record. Ah. He played a full season, I think had like 963 uh, yards and no touchdowns. Damn. Must have been in the uh, Ken O'Brien days, I'm assuming. Way back when. That's right. And Marcus Mariota sacked 11 times. (laughs) Yeah. So he tied uh, Greg McElroy, which was a stat that you uncovered. Is it McElroy? I said Mikel. I call them McElroy. <laughs> no, it's McElroy. <laughs> Fudge. McElroy, like he's from uh, uh, what's the Jetsons? Yeah, well, it's M C M C E L R O Y. McElroy. It's pronounced McElroy. Then why is it M C C? You need double C for it to be a Mac. No, <laughs> you definitely don't. Uh, I think you're. You, I guess it would be like M A C, but it's just that's just the way it's pronounced. McElroy. McElroy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Scottish. Mac. What is it? McElroy. McElroy. Like Macklemore, yeah. huh? Like Rory McElroy, the golfer. McElroy. Same, well. Same name. I never fucking heard of him anyway. What about like yeah? Okay. Well, he played. Uh, he played at Alabama and briefly for the Jets. He's really smart. He got like a perfect score in the Wonderlick. But uh, yeah, sacked a lot of times, and, and so was Mariota. And you're just not going to score many points uh, when you get sacked zero. a lot of times. You're score zero. Yeah, it was. In, in fact, it was zero for the Titans. Um, it's kind of concerning because people are uh, saying that the Broncos should hire. Uh, the Titans offensive coordinator, Matt LaFleur, to be the no, head coach. That was a terrible idea. <laughs> Typically, uh, the last time the Broncos hired a, a coordinator uh, who had a pretty bad season prior to becoming head coach, it uh, doesn't work out. Uh, and the guy I'm talking about is Vance Joseph. So You wait maybe, until maybe the, try a new strategy. See who's going to the Super Bowl, and then you try to get your guy. Yeah, well, there's this new rule that you can like hire guys uh, regardless if their team's in the playoffs or not. So, just, like, poach a successful coordinator, maybe. If Elway still has any clout in the NFL, he'll hire Mike Shanahan as his head coach and Josh McDaniels as his offensive coordinator. <laughs> Did you see my tweet yesterday? No. Uh, about the <laughs> – uh, Daniel Miller is this guy on Twitter who I follow him. Uh, I think everybody else should follow him, too, because he's a great follow. Uh, basically all he does is just tweet at like sports personalities in the Denver market and like ask them uh, when the coach is going to be fired. Like any, any and every coach, like it doesn't matter which team it is. It doesn't matter how good they are. Like 
when the Rockies were losing to the Brewers uh, in the playoffs, he was like, when is Bud Black going to be fired? When is, when is hitting coach Dwayne Espy going to be fired? Like, he'll do that no matter what. Like, off the Super Bowl season, uh, can you confirm that Gary Kubiak is on the hot seat? Will he be fired soon? When will the Broncos announce that <laughs> Gary Kubiak is getting fired? Or like, like after when uh, the Buffs lost on uh, – when they were losing, when they're in the process of losing to USC on Saturday, he's just tweeting like, fire Mike McIntyre, who's the <laughs> Buffs head coach, who started five and fucking O. And, okay, but – so anyway, he tweeted at Les Shapiro – uh, who I don't really know uh, what he does. I think he's like a radio or uh, some kind of news guy. Yeah, he, he's been in the Denver market for a long time, Will. <laughs> Please come on the show if you're listening. Uh, he tweeted at him saying, like, can you confirm that Mike Shanahan's name has been brought up to replace Vance Joseph as head coach? Uh, and then uh, Shapiro, like, quote tweeted him and said, all I can confirm, something like this, like, all I can confirm is, like, uh, I was walking through the Broncos hallway today in Dove Valley, and I saw a, a, a mural of Mike Shanahan on the wall. Uh, so I guess that's confirming that his name has been brought up by me. And then <laughs> uh, Daniel Miller like replies to someone else saying, Les Shapiro just confirmed that Mike Shanahan is the next head coach of the Broncos. That's <laughs> really funny. Oh, that's very funny. It, Les Shapiro, I, I believe, is actually like, pretty good friends with Mike Shanahan so he would know and he just he would it. actually know uh, yeah so that is you really guys funny. heard it here for well you're hearing it secondhand I need you, you to do that every it. week will and get us scoops like that for <laughs> our, our podcast yeah, I'm gonna see he's gonna be my new source there you go we'll is reference my... him every episode all right yeah. Follow uh, him. I gotta finish it editing hopefully i get this podcast up on monday night the monday night football game's halfway over i haven't even looked at the score yet but this may go up tuesday morning i'm explaining why it, why it's late at the end of the episode so that 99 percent of the people don't understand why we missed an upload uh will keys on twitter at will key six and this is the conclusion of our great great podcast mm, presented by bass pro shops and bud light yep and tampax Wait. Those are mine.